In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. From our second reading this morning, the last enemy to be destroyed is death. This Easter, the words death and the enemy conjure up images from eastern Ukraine. Ruined buildings and ruined lives stacked up in a shambles. Peace broken by vain ambition and desperate cruelty. Human life taken away, futures destroyed. Theologians and philosophers teach us that evil is privation, a no thing that has no being, except to the extent that it leeches off something that is beautiful and good. Looking at the images, however, it's easy to imagine a hole near the center of the universe, a place of absence where there was once life. Easter begins in a graveyard. After an execution carried out by soldiers at the command of the authorities of an occupying power. The more things change, the more they stay the same. The gospel accounts of Jesus' death suggest that the motivations for this murder were mixed. But there is no doubt that reasons of state were involved, at least on the part of Pilate, the governor. But note how easily we can assign blame, identify the perpetrators like Pilate or Herod or Judas, and let them bear the responsibility. Whatever space is taken up by the no thing that evil is, it takes up that space in each one of us with no exceptions, both within Jesus willing executioners, for instance, and there were many, and also within those who fled from the cross, his disciples. No exceptions. St. Paul, in our second reading this morning, gives us a mighty personification. Death as an enemy armed and advancing upon us. For the Apostle Paul, the crucifixion and resurrection of Jesus Christ are the decisive act in a cosmic struggle with rulers, authorities, and powers that are opposed to God, as Paul says in our reading. In the letter to the Romans, Paul talks 
concretely about sin and death, exercising dominion. Dominion, a political word that gives substance to the struggle Jesus' disciples are engaged in, the struggle that Paul was engaged in, the struggle that we're engaged in. The crucial blow in this struggle, however, has already been struck. This is not a combat we are engaged in on our own. Christ has been raised from the dead, the first fruits of those who have died, as we heard earlier in our reading. In Jesus' resurrection, the first fruits of much to come, we see the promise of a victory that we will all one day share. Paul, a little bit later in our chapter in 1 Corinthians, actually quotes a fragment of an early Christian liturgy. Death has been swallowed up in victory. Where, O oh death, is your victory? Where, O oh death, is your sting? For Christians, according to Paul, the victory has already been won. Christ has defeated death. We still contend with death, with what the Polish poet Czesław Miłosz called the mighty power of counter-fulfillment, the penalty of a promise lost forever. It is, as we heard, after all, the last enemy to be destroyed. This mighty power of counter-fulfillment, the penalty of a promise lost forever. For now, death has power to inflict grievous loss in the hospital ward, on the battlefield, in the waste places of the earth, near and far. We do not need to travel a great distance to see its destructive power in our own community. Yet for us, the promise that the poet talks about is not lost, and our hope for something more is fulfilled. In this struggle, Christ has prevailed. If there's a penalty, he himself has paid it. Hope is reborn through the power of his resurrection. As the hymn text from the Middle Ages puts it, death and life have contended in that combat stupendous. The prince of life who died reigns immortal.
Easter begins in a graveyard, but it does not end there. When Mary Magdalene and the apostles came to the tomb on Easter morning, they found it was empty. Mary's encounter with Jesus in the garden is more than poetic personification. It is not the product of wishful thinking or of traumatic hysteria or even theological conviction. It is the person himself restored to her, given back, given back to her and to all of us through the mighty power of God, the person himself. In that combat stupendous between life and death, Jesus is no longer victim. But once again, the one given back to us as our friend. It is Jesus himself, the Lord, risen from the dead. And that means new life for all of us in spite of it all. New life, new hope, new promise breaking out all around us. As Mary tells the disciples, I have seen the Lord. And now to God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit, let us ascribe as is most justly due, Almighty power, majesty, and dominion this day and forever.